Is he dead? What do you fucking reckon? And this is Rebels Without a Clue, <laughs> your fucking favourite podcast. I'm Brad. I'm Tony. And that was a very Australian intro. Yeah, pretty Aussie. What do you fucking reckon? What do you fucking reckon? Oh, what do you reckon? Oh. What do you reckon, Frank? <laughs> what do you reckon, Frank? What do you reckon, Frank? Oh, Frank, no. I know. Oh, um, poor Frank died. Hashtag spoilers. Fucking hell. Um... Welcome, welcome to the to the show this week. Yes, yeah. Um, it's a different kind of left of field selection this week. I yeah, think. it's a bit. It's one I don't think it's sort of very well known. No, like you'd never heard of it before. I'd mentioned it. No, uh, but before we go into that, Tony, do you want to give us the wrap? Oh yeah, we'll do the the usual messages. If you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, Castbox. And whatever other podcast app you use, you can also um, follow us on our social medias on Instagram Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter Rebels Without a One, and Facebook Rebels Without a Clue podcast. Awesome! There's the formalities out of the way. That's a good start. So um, let's just get cracking straight into this. So fucking <laughs> bang! What the movie this week is? Wormwood. The a, a road to, road of death is that the, the official title? Wormwood Road of Death. Okay, well it kind of makes sense. Sorry, Road of the Dead. Okay, Sorry. well, clearly you I can't read. It up. I can't. Good start. Good yeah, start. Great start. Yeah, no, that's all right. Well, let's get the movie right before we begin, yeah? Yeah, it might help. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't plan on that, but anyways. Um, Your what birth the, uh, sounded like it was in pain. What year was this released? So, this came out in 2014. Now, before we go into the depths of the movie, how did you find it watching it? Because I know you didn't know much about it. Yeah. So I'm curious as to get someone who has no expectations or preconceived ideas about it. How did you find it? I liked it. I actually liked it a fair bit, especially because because it was set in Australia. It had more of a kind of I know a more relatable, nostalgic relevance. Yeah. Yes. I, I wouldn't say nostalgic. It just it was relatable because you're hearing Aussie people talk. You're noticing like certain certain things are familiar. You're familiar with yeah. like certain environments. You're yeah. like fuck. I can picture myself in this. Give me a home among the gum I'm trees. Can I touch your bum, please? Oh, you always fucking ruin <laughs> shit. Um, but anyways, right. um, but yeah, no, I've, I found it. I found it relatable. I think that's why I enjoyed it so much because, like, you don't usually see Aussie movies with this sort of like in this sort of setting and hearing like Aussie jokes and Aussie slang and whatnot. Yeah, it just made me enjoy it a lot more, and actually, I, I laughed a fair bit along the way. So, and what I find as well is the fact that with an Australian movie, you kind of understand the humour than if someone from, let's say, the UK or America had watched that. Yeah. Like, we know the UK might get little bits No, no, no. The stigma attached to Aboriginals and the way they talk. Uh Only Australian people are going to understand that. (laughs) So when Benny comes along and starts speaking, you kind of have- a renewed appreciation for it. Yeah, definitely. Not taking stabs. I'm not being no, racist, no, but it's, it's just, just it's part and parcel of it's what Benny's character is. Yeah. Um, and it's not, and I like the fact with Benny's character, it wasn't stereotypical, like racist style Aboriginal. No, I think it was very true to form because yeah. there was a lot of referencing of him, you know, in the bush, 
um, talking about spirits in the sky. And so it still had a lot of that kind of traditional. Yeah. Historical uh, relevance. Yeah. 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 Had a lot of that. Um, and he kept to his traditions and that sort of stuff, but still very modern at the same time. Yes. Yes. Like he wasn't just a fucking, you know. And I like that he wasn't kind of a second rate character. He was actually a major character. Yeah. He was one of the main characters. If I asked you in yeah. terms of Australian cinema. Oh, look, everything I know as far as Australian, as Australian cinema is concerned is it's all dog shit. Most of what I've seen Australian cinema, I know, most of what I've seen, I reckon it's all shit. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, we sit on very different paths with that because I look at movies such as Two Hands, Yola New Boy, Never Rabbit Proof Fence, Animal oh, yeah. Kingdom. Never heard of it. They are some of the most amazing things that Australia's produced. Like, honestly. But if you put that on a global scale. Uh, Two Hands. Yeah. Got critical acclaim. Animal Kingdom got critical acclaim. Snowtown got critical acclaim. Snowtown was based on the Snowtown murders in Adelaide. It's a really, really fucked movie. Really okay. twisted. But I think because of, I suppose, you're not really into the genre that a lot of these movies are. So I can't hold it against you for not knowing about it. But I've kind of made it- It doesn't a, have shit blowing up and tits. I've made it a priority <laughs> of mine. That it's something that- That- I know, I, I, I know. I got Baltic hard. That, 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 that. I've pursued quite actively about it. And it was something that I always wanted to make it a thing on my list. Because I've got a list in my bedroom that's like 100 of the top movies you must see. Mm-hmm. And there's only probably- Two or three that are Australian-based because it's made primarily from an Australian person's perspective. Okay. So, I was like, oh, well, I need to explore this a little bit further and see what other films that we have to offer. But when I found Wormwood, yeah, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. it's. I, I don't think I've seen something from us, like an Australian movie that's been like that. Yeah. It, uh, Nothing I, that's gone into, I guess, the action genre. Um, look, there probably is, but we just don't know enough about it. Or they're real- B slash C grade. Oh, but then again, like now I'm thinking there's a movie called The Combination, which is quite funny because it touches on the whole, you know, how there's like the Lebo rivalries and all that sort of shit. Yeah. But it's done from kind of like a sensible Lebo's perspective, (laughs) which is kind of an oxymoron in itself. (laughs) 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 Okay. Yeah. Anyways. So, there's still obviously movies that are in the action genre in terms of Australian cinema. We may not just be privy to that information, but this definitely touched on something that I don't think Australian cinema's ever explored. Hold up, hold up. Okay, what? Australian cinema, The Babadook. Never seen it. Yeah, well, you can't watch horror because one, you're a bitch, and two, you're a bitch. <laughs> so that kind of throws that out the window. One, you're a bitch, and two, you're a bitch. Pretty much. <laughs> but that movie is renowned globally. When I had American people telling me, have you watched The Babadook over there? I was like, wait, wait, what? You've seen it? So I will say that they have done- a couple of really good horrors. Again, Lake Mungo, brilliant. But this touched on quite a popular genre at the moment in terms of zombies. Mm. And you look at like movies oh, like- It was popular back then. And post-apocalyptic as well. And keep in mind, this was 2014. It was six mm. years ago. What makes me think, when did like World War Z come out? A minute. That would have been, I feel like, kind of around the same time. World War Z, yeah, 2013. Yeah, okay. So, I suppose with- So, that was sort of in 
the kind of the height, like the the main high of zombie movies in general. Yeah. Yeah, it was when the zombie sort of thing was really, really popular. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe looking back, do, do you, would you consider 28 days later, 28 weeks later and 28 months later as being part of that genre? Yeah, I would. Yeah, okay. It's got that sort of, it's got that zombie vibe to it. True, true. Even though they consider it a rage virus. Um, They're fucking zombies. Yeah, it still fits the profile. Yeah, so apart from the fact that it was an Australian cinema, as a zombie flick- Australian cinema. How did you find it? As a zombie movie? Yeah. I liked it. I think, well, the zombies, I reckon they got down pat. Yeah. They were pretty fucking awesome. And it was good to see they had a mix of not only your slow moving zombies, but also your runners. As well, so I think I had a good mix of the different variety of zombies that, and I like that they see. gave kind of a backstory as to why they were quick and uh, why they were yeah, slow. why they were quick at night and why they were slow during the day. Yes, that was that was cool. It's kind of an angle that they've never really explored before. Nah, not in that, not in that vein. No, not not to the extent I suppose that um, a lot of other movies will have major zombie sort of sequences, but never really give us a portrayal of well. Why do why are they quick? Why are they slow? Yeah, they Any never of sort that. of analyze as to why they are they are. Yeah. Like I think the only sort of one that comes to mind is I Am Legend, when they go into why zombies only come out at night. Yeah, and why they lay dormant during the day. Yeah. 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 No, that's true. That's a good call. Yeah. So it was good to see that they actually explained that sort of shit and in a way that wasn't confusing, if you get me. I, I think the story was quite easy to follow. Like it didn't require a lot of thought. In certain parts, yeah, but at least like later on with things that you questioned, yeah, they got answered yes. later in the movie, yes. which was good. Yes. Because usually I hate it when you're watching a movie, they chuck something in and never explain why it was there. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like why? You just left wondering why. Yeah, that's true. I like things to be explained and actually have them make sense. Like, oh, okay. That, and actually be coherent sense. to the story. Because yeah. a lot of the times you might get like a flashback or something that it's like, well- how does that tie into anything? Mm. Like, why is that even included? So, no, I get what you're saying with that. And for me, I think the angle that they took in terms of a story, again, was a little bit different from what I'm used to seeing with zombie flicks. What do you mean? In the sense- Oh, excuse me. Um, Bam. 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 No, just in the sense that, like, if you look at most zombie movies, like, it's obviously just to quench the thirst, right? What do you mean? Like, obviously, there's been an outbreak, and they're going to quench the thirst of oh, zombies. Yeah, basically. So, you kind of get an understanding of that. Right, yeah. But then on kind of this angle, I feel like there was more of a human side to the story. Yeah. Um, And I know- when Benny's talking about the shooting stars yeah, and that whole um, apocalypse prophecy kind of situation, I was yeah. like, well, this is kind of different. Like, it's not the normal angle that gets yeah. taken. So, I was like, Because okay. you, you think about it, most zombie movies is like, okay, there was a virus outbreak and it started turning people into zombies. And there it is. Yeah. This was more of like a, I guess, on a, like a biblical scale. In sense, spiritual even. Spiritual, but also that kind of like the- um. Oh, but the, what do you call it? The the rapture has yeah, come. Yeah, 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 literally. Got the culling of the human race. And like, I know there's movies yeah. similar to that in that vein of like, I don't know if you know The Knowing with um, Nicolas Cage. No. That's brilliant. And there's another movie called The Reckoning. Okay. Uh, very much in the similar vein. Yeah. But in terms of what, like I said, they do what? and the angle that they take, 
I was quite pleasantly surprised. And watching it the first time, mm-hmm. I kind of sat back and gone, wait, wait, what the fuck? Like, why have I never seen this angle done before? But in a good sense, because it was fresh. It okay. was new to watch. It was, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Like, you don't expect the ending. You don't expect the outcome of what happens. Yeah. So, for me, that was nice, knowing that I could watch it and I wasn't being able to predict it. Yeah. Uh, in terms of characters. Okay. So, we just roll them off the bat? Let's go. All right. Well, let's start with the main character, Barry. Okay. I've got a lot to say about Barry. Go for it. I think the car sequence of when he's driving in the car with his wife and his kid. Yeah. I like that Barry doesn't overact. That was my big thing. Yeah. I find Australian yeah. movies, yeah. people tend to overact to compensate for the fact that one, you have an Australian accent and two, you may be just a shit actor. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not trying to be a harsh cunt or anything. Oh, nah. But sometimes with Australian films, yeah, I get lost on the fact that it's not really about what I'm trying to say is the overacting. Like when I was saying that Australian film tends to have a lot of actors that t- sometimes overact. I don't like it. But I find with Barry that he is just a true Aussie guy. Like, I feel like the actions that he does, the way he talks, the dialogue that he uses is exactly how any Aussie guy would treat a situation like that. Okay. Like, when he pulls the nail gun to his head and it doesn't fire because obviously there's none left. Yeah. And he screams. It feels genuine. Yeah. It It doesn't feel fake. I'm going to give that to his acting chops, though. Yes. And even the wife, like, sitting in the car and having that dialogue with him. Yeah. You can kind of see that they're not trying to do more than is necessary. It's just a simple, really authentic dialogue that's going. Yeah. And I like it. Do you reckon that's maybe because of the the style of film thing is it is a grindhouse film? Do you think that's more so why they- were in like, led in that direction to act that way. Possibly, possibly. it's more of a raw style of film. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably a good point because with Grindhouse, it, it isn't overacting. Yeah. It's, you know, like I was saying before, that it, it's exploitation cinema. That It doesn't need to be perfect. Yeah, okay. And that's what kind of Grindhouse prides itself on, you know, having a raw, really kind of graphic feel to the actual film. Yeah. And yeah. Wormwood does that to a T in my books. Yeah. I think it's probably kind of the best picture of Grindhouse that Australia has really ever done. I agree with you, but I don't at the same time. Because, yes, it has those points where it's raw and realistic and it's accurate to what to what someone would do in that situation. Yeah. But then as you get further into the film, there are parts where you're like, okay, this is getting a little bit wacky and silly. In which part? Well, let's say when we wake up to, to Barry's sister in the lab with mm-hmm. that whack scientist. Yeah. That's, that got a bit wacky. And also when they get to the, the guys in the ship, when they find fucking uh, Frank and was it Neville? Yeah. No, Neville no, was Neville's a zombie. Neville was a cunt in the fucking- Yeah, he was a zombie in the fridge. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they find Frank and his mate in the shed. That part there when they fucking chuck on the, like, the base of the, the heavy protective like dirt bike riding gear and the mm-hmm. hockey mask and all that sort of shit. That's where like, okay, this is getting a bit silly. But, that, I suppose but it was fine. I liked it. It's kind of a novelty. Yeah, definitely. Like at the end of the day, they don't have access to proper kitted out military gear. Yeah. So that's like their next best thing. And again, ties in the whole Australian theme because you can imagine a bunch of blokes chucking on dirt gear to combat a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> you just feel like that is something that they would genuinely do. That's just my feel. Yeah, I guess. 
Okay. Well, clearly we're not on the same page. I think people who, like, because they're, like, in more sort of rural Australia, mm-hmm. I could see that. Mm-hmm. But if I would like to see the same sort of thing, but in more of an urban setting, mm-hmm. see what, like, normal sort of, not normal, but, like, more suburban people would how do. How they respond. Yeah, how would they respond? Yeah, okay. It'd be an interesting take. Mm. In terms of Benny. <laughs> Benny, I fucking love Let's Benny. Let's try and avoid a sense of how. I actually really loved Benny. I Good. thought he was a fucking great character. Because it, it felt like to me that he wasn't just there as comic relief. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That was the good thing. Whilst he did contribute to that. Exactly, but didn't feel like he was primarily there as comic relief, no. which is great. Yeah. Because at some points, he had those moments where he would kind of like talk sense. And sort of like put perspective into the scenario. And I like that they listened to him. Yeah. Because exactly. like, again, it's not reading down into a racist path, but you think about how many movies where a, back, a black guy may contribute something. Yeah. And it's kind of pushed aside because it's not relevant. Yeah. Again, it's that, you know, I don't think it's even like got to do with like the black character sort of thing. I think it's more so down to the whole him just being like that side comic relief character mm-hmm. like usually characters like that they get tossed aside and it's like oh whatever he's usually just, die he's just being quick. a goofball whatever yeah. Yeah. just ignore him and everyone stay serious but it was good to see that he wasn't just that one-dimensional character no i think there was multi-layered levels to him yeah definitely because i like that you know we did have that comedy side to many yeah there was obviously part and parcel to that yeah but i think it, they kind of juxtapose it with not only him being sort of a little bit comical but he's doing like, let's say when we first meet him, most of what he's doing is out of fear. Mm. Yeah. You, you and the only way get- he can sort of express himself is to what we would think is funny. Yes. hundred percent. And like, again- But to him, in his head, he's freaking out. And you don't know how anyone would react in that situation. So, you can speculate as much as you want. Yeah. But ultimately, I like that they kind of coupled the old with the new. So, the new reaction yeah. to how you would deal with a situation like that. Yeah. But then- Benny calling upon his historical ancestors to kind of answer the prophecy of why it's happening. Yeah. You know, being out in the bush with his brothers and we're going shooting and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I like that we didn't shy away from talking about Aboriginal culture. Yeah. And making it relevant to the story. Yeah. So that was was included in the story. Exactly. And I think this is going on a whole different tangent here, but I need to, I need to touch on it. All right. Obviously, there's a, a, a big divide between. White Australia and Aboriginal Australia. Okay. Right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I guess. Film, I can kind of see as a bridge to kind of repairing a relationship that long has been super fractured. Okay. In the sense that if you got someone to watch that movie who potentially may not be the biggest fan of Aboriginals, uh-huh. it starts to desensitize them. Like- you can laugh at him because you look at him as just another normal character. You're not looking at him as Benny the Aboriginal. Yeah. You're looking at him as just Benny the funny cut. Okay. So, I think with the more that Aboriginals are incorporated into cinema, and I'm going to make, again, another side note. There's a new Aboriginal um, commentator on SEN, right. on the sports cast that I listen to. Yeah, yeah. And he is brilliant. Like, I love his insight and how passionate and enthusiastic he is when he talks. Okay. So, me having kind of, I suppose, an exposure now to that, and then, you know, even in cinema, I'm finding I'm so much more susceptible 
to hearing their perspective and everything else along with it. I'm not going to in that point of view where I'm like, oh, well, he's he's Aboriginal. Okay. Because that's kind of, that's the ingrained mentality. Like for so long, you know, they've been so suppressed and, oh, wait, oppressed, not suppressed. <laughs> um, Easy fella. So I like <laughs> the fact that this movie pushes him as a main character. Yeah. That's the main take out of it for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. How how'd you feel about the girl? Brooke, I get, she was just, as a character, a total badass. Yeah, she was. She was fucking cool. Yeah. Very, very, very cool character. Just basically from the minute you saw her, she was just a fucking boss. I thought you were going to go Scottish then. No! <laughs> I wasn't gonna, but now I will. But even when she turns zombie, you still like her. I, She's a cool bitch. She looked fucking awesome. Are right, we going to go down this path? <laughs> Nah, definitely not. She was pretty cool when she like ripped out the fucking zombie eyes and started controlling and that was very, very cool. Yes. It was good to see kind of multi-facets of her, mainly for the whole sort of, um, how would I say it? Um, how do I put this? So seeing how sort of, I guess, confident and strong a girl as she was to them being captured and basically completely and utterly you know, helpless and defenseless, seeing that kind of, that, I guess, the contradiction of the kind of person she was. Yeah. And, like, I suppose... the good But still having that resilience at the same the time. The good thing was that they didn't make her a weak female. No. Again, right from the get-go, when they're filming that sequence in the garage of, you know, that girl dressed up and kind of... And then she turns. Yeah. She takes control of the situation. She yeah. doesn't bitch out. No. Like that other girl that ends up getting bitten. Oh, who just bitched it. Waste of space. Yeah. But again, I liked that there was a strong female protagonist. Yeah. And but it wasn't overemphasized. Cause like you yeah. know how we talk about it these days in like movies and whatever. It's always yeah. about, oh, we need to balance the equation. We need to put a fucking the Frog Brothers is female. Uh, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's not happening. It's not happening. Don't even think about it. Directors, producers, sh- fuck off. I'm sorry. I get a little bit wound up when it comes to that. Anything to do with... Um, the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. Yes, that's yep. correct. So I'm going to leave that alone. But again... Back to my point, I'm just saying I do like when there's a strong female character. And I like the fact that seeing as she was basically the main female role in the movie, that she wasn't there as a love interest. Yeah. It was a guy's sister. Exactly. That was cool. Yeah. I like that. It's different. Because normally it would have been like, you know, well, maybe it's a long lost flame or something that's, well, we've got to go save her now because my wife's died. Yeah. No. No. It's his fucking sister. Yeah. It's like, okay, I've- She's the only family I have left. I have to go find her. Yeah. Who else? Frank. Fucking Frank. Frank is the Aussiest oh, of Aussie. Frank. I'd have to say Frank. Ah, uh, it's a close. It's a close. Close ranking between, between Frank and, and Neville. Benny. No, between Frank and no, Benny. Frank and Neville. Ah, fuck Neville. <laughs> oh, wait, so wait, fucking wait. frozen zombie. Oh. Ah. That's literally Neville's part. Imagine you got that role. Yeah, and then he becomes a fucking engine. Well, no, he becomes a fuel tank. But yeah, still, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Frank, man. He, like, it was hard to not get attached to Frank's character. Yes. If, and you know what? You know what he was? He was basically the wise old man. I feel like it was just my dad in a movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> just less bitching and you know my dad would end up having fucking VB long necks in a first aid kit. In a first aid kit. You just know he would because he's that sort of a man. Oh, Frank, you want a beer? What do you fucking reckon? <laughs> Honestly, that is one of the best scenes in the film. Or even just talking like how they're going to survive and having and him being super prepared and having everything that they could possibly need. There was literally everything he in had that everything. garage. Not to mention how much fucking ammunition did the cunt have? Yeah, there was a lot. They never ran out of bullets yeah, ever because they go on pig shooting. Oh, yeah, he, he always goes fucking pig shooting and just happens to have an illegal shark harpoon. Yeah, I know. Sorry, gas-powered shark harpoon. That was a fuck off harpoon though. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, it was cool. Fuck. And I love that they rolled the Hilux in. Yeah. Like, get more Australian. Oh, yeah. All the well, look, cars, I everything. Just, I just love that for the like for one of the first times ever watching a zombie movie, they had an appropriate car. Yes. You think about it, if you, ha- if you could have any sort of normal car yeah. without going ridiculous, you'd pick a Hilux. You would. Because it's virtually the indestructible car. A Hilux, a Ford Ranger, a, like those sorts of proper yeah. utes. Yeah. With balls to them and tough as nails. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was awesome to see that in in a movie. That that <laughs> I'm not Baltic, so yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely of the same page with that because yeah. the fact of looking at all other zombie flicks, yeah, it's kind of a part. Oh no, even uh, I am uh, legend. Like yeah. it's just a fast car. Yeah, exactly. But. He didn't really pick one. I guess he did pick it appropriate for his purposes. Like mm. he picked something quick to dash through the city with. Yeah. But he didn't have like a battle car. No. You know what I mean? In the event that he needs to escape or whatever. Yeah. He didn't have that. Look, his version of that was just have something as quick as possible to, to get g- where I need to get to as quick as I can. Because essentially it was just him as and opposed his dog to anyway. Fuck that. I'll get there quick and I'll mow down a hundred cunts when I do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is and which I feel is like that would like, want to be is, our aim. Which is that's sort of the thing that like we, like we spoke about when we did our zombie apocalypse episode. Mm. Like the cars that we'd want to have, we'd we'd basically modify them to be basically battle ready. Yeah, like you'd yeah. want to put like fucking barbed wire or spikes. Okay, or I've fucking, got an interesting or a plow or something on there to make your way through the mass. Interesting question, right? It's yeah. me and you in a garage. Oh no! Right? No, no, no. This it, is this is the zombie episode all over again. Uh, no, no, no. But I, I'm just I'm going to touch uh, on a point uh, 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 that we haven't really discussed. Like. You have no welding skills. None. Neither whatsoever. do I. But in the event, we've got two acetylene torches here with all the necessary equipment. I'd burn myself. But <laughs> when push comes to shove, I oh, feel you'd like- you try to figure out some way to do it. You ha- would have no choice. Yeah, you wouldn't. So, you know, you'd think about it in a practical sense of like, well, what could we do? Potentially watch tutorials on how to fucking weld. Yeah. And it may be a dismal failure. But if it stays on there- still fucking do it. Yeah, you'd do whatever you You can. You wouldn't think twice about it. No. Yeah, that's interesting. Or even what would you do without the torches? Oh, well, you're up shit creek. (laughs) That's where duct tape- Electrical electrical slash duct tape? It does everything. It does the job. Even if I had to, I'd use (laughs) band-aids. I don't know how much that's holding. (laughs) What if you get those, like, oh, athletic tape? That shit fucking holds forever. Yeah, but uh, how much athletic tape do you have? I don't know. I haven't looked. <laughs> okay, well, we're up shit creek then because we're not going to have enough. I suppose rope. How much rope do you have? But again, look, we're heading down a path. Let's just, we're detouring hard. We're detouring in our fucking maxed out vans. What van? 
Well, fucking. We've got a fucking asteroid and a falcon to work with here. <laughs> okay, your falcon. <laughs> fuck all. Okay, we're heading down the hell, uh, the zombies again. We'd have to. Well, I'm guessing if we're gonna go for the toughest, mine is the toughest. Yours is the toughest. Mine's kind of recon. Yours is the car. quickest. Yeah, recon car. Yeah, but so okay, this is how it would be. So your your car would basically be the Mustang from Iron Legend. Yes, and, and yours would mine be would like, be the Hilux. Yeah, literally, theoretically. Well, yeah. Yeah. As close as we could get to it. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now. Well, we haven't thought this- about this much at all. I know. Back to the, <laughs> back to the movie. You'd have to be impressed <coughs> with what they did in terms of their budget restriction. Have a look on IMDb. See I'm if it has on. a budget. Because I'm really curious to know that if they had a small budget. It doesn't really have anything on okay. budget-wise. That's right. We'll have to have a look into it. Yeah, no. Because I'm, I'm genuinely not... curious to see what kind of money that they were working with. Yeah, it doesn't really have anything. Nah, nothing nah. about budget-wise. No, nah, that's fine. But I've got to give them props for one. Oh, that's actually a cool little bit of trivia. Tell me. The film took four years to complete as they could only work weekends. Wow. Well, okay. What's the quote? Uh, Benny, upon firing his shotgun. Oh, shit. He wasn't a zombie? <laughs> Barry. No, he fucking wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great movie. But in terms of what they did. Oh. What? Oh, a part they fucked up in the movie. Tell me. So when Chalker, so the guy that Barry first comes across. Yeah. Um, drives up to Barry. He does it in a Mitsubishi Triton. Yeah. However, when they drive it's off, it's a Hilux. Oh, okay. Um, but who knows? Maybe they switch cars. I don't know. But Continuity. Yeah, Continuity. There it is. Your favorite word. Or one of your favorites. True. Mm. Um, but in terms of the makeup for the zombies, I think they did an exceptional <sighs> job oh, at it. Oh, that was a fantastic job of the zombies. Yes, yes. They got it down right, the gauntness, the kind of skeletal features. Yeah. The fucking rotting teeth and bits of flesh hanging off. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nah, Even the explosions on. of when they shot. Pretty decent. You can kind of tell it's kind of superimposed. Oh, yeah. But I don't care because the gore factor and- the kind of splatter effect to it was exactly what you need for a raw zombie flick. Yeah. And like I was mentioning earlier is, uh, and I guess that does come down to the style of Grindhouse. Yeah. They had it to have it. They wanted to probably do it that way to keep it true to that style of film. And for those of you who don't really have kind of a Grindhouse reference. Now let's enter into film history with Brad as he explains Grindhouse. Hey, this could be like a small thing. A segment. It's a f- <laughs> We're going to have a segment. Guys, we've got a new segment. We've got a it's segment. It's called Brad's Cinema History. <laughs> so- I need to get some sort of soundbite in there of like a film roll, a film reel. Yes. Playing. Good. Good call. So back in the day in the 1920s and 30s, mm. there actually was like those kind of what we'd look at now as kind of a pornographic cinema, but in terms of a, I suppose, you know, something like the, the Nova or- just small cinemas. And what they doubled as was kind of uh, where they'd go and shake and grind, which is effectively where Grindhouse came from. So the fact then was the movies that Grindhouse kind of encapsulated was, you know, horror, slasher, action, thriller, but with a real raw angle to them. And in regards to that, it was more a push to have it kind of not necessarily unedited, but just a really basic raw cinema experience. They didn't look to make it perfect. They didn't look to make it, you know, high quality. It was kind of made to have that feel as though 
someone's got a found footage film. That's yeah. kind of the vein of it. Mm-hmm. So that I suppose that's interesting in that sense that I found with obviously Wormwood, like I was explaining to Tony before, there's a weird red-orange hue that I find through a lot of the scenes. And it kind of, it's like that old cinema feel to it, which I'm a big fan of. And not to mention the the cinematography. I know you complained about it being a bit jumpy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I did say to while we were watching it, the whole sort of feel of it looking amateurish. Yeah. I get, like, now that you explain it that way, I get that it's the whole grindhouse feel and that sort of stuff. But I would have preferred it if they just used a little bit more stabilization just to sort of not make it look like someone's walking around with a handicam, which they probably did. Mm. But, yeah, it would have just looked a little bit more polished. That's 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 all. Yeah, that's, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say about it. And I suppose that's something <laughs> that you're just probably used to. Like, I like grindhouse cinema for the fact that someone can do that. Like, you know, you think about continuous scenes mm. where someone's like when they were walking out in the bush and doing the whole filming. Like, he's walking backwards filming them. Yeah, with a handheld. That's also we think. Oh, well, you'd have to assume because, like you said, it was it's, it's a jumpy frame. Yeah. But it was no, it wasn't more so when they were slow moving. It was more so anything running. So when they were running or moving fast or anything like that, that's where it got shaky. Yeah. Okay. But as a director, everything else to me seemed fine. Filming that that would be a hard sequence to film. Oh yeah, especially when they're going through the. I was surprised, especially when they're going through bushland, how smooth the camera work was. Oh, okay, that's actually decent. Yeah, that would have been one of those apparatus that kind of you attach a mix to the- of that and drones. Oh, the overhead shots, drones for sure. But with, yeah, I suppose so. They would have used a drone. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm not going to go into that. Like you know, the part where at the start where Barry and Chalker are walking through the bush, and just before they I get love to that Barry, you call him Chalker, like he's your best mate. Hey, that's Chalk- the fucking character's name. Hey, Chalker, coffee next week. Done. I know what the fucking actor's name is, cunt. Doesn't matter. It's just funny. Actually, that's one thing I was disappointed with this movie. Not one of them called each other cunt. Yeah, but how un-Australian to not call someone cunt? Cunt's not a big word in cinema. I don't care about cinema. It's Aussie. Okay. You're doing an Australian film in that style where you're under a lot of pressure and everything's going to crap as if you don't drop cunt once. Okay. Well, yeah. But look, that's not a big deal. No. No. Um, But yeah, but that first, that shot when they're walking through the bushland just before they, they run into Benny. Yeah. How it's sort of showing them overhead. Yeah, yeah. That would have been dry. Okay. For sure. Okay. Unless some cunt's fucking jumping from tree to tree following them. It's Predator. <laughs> Imagine Predator in the Australian Outback. He'd be done with the um, Aboriginals with fucking- what are Boomerangs. They boomerangs. What are they called? Oh, what, what about Benny with his metal boomerang? Oh, that was awesome. That was sick. But it made him cool. It, was, it wasn't a boomerang. It was just like a fucking- Like an off cut of some piece of metal. Yeah, literally. That was literally on an angle. That was was fucking cool. Awesome. Like just jagged edged and fucking raw. It was cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. What about the deal with those fucking, like I still don't understand. Okay. That's something that I had a little bit of gripe with and I spoke to you about it after we watched it. The whole deal with those soldiers going around getting people who were surviving it. What was their deal? Because it felt like they didn't serve any sort of greater scheme purpose. They were just the generic big bad. But again, right. I, I don't know whether the kind of is a feature of Grindhouse. Like it doesn't need or doesn't feel like it needs to warrant why they add characters or because Grindhouse, the movie, I had the same problem. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. How does he play into the equation? 
And again, it's the but, same but kind of with vein. that sort of thing, did they give that like the big bad a purpose? No. Because in this, they didn't have a purpose. They were no. just there. Which, again, like- I don't, They're just there doing fucked up shit because. It didn't explain- Like, for example, the crazy scientist, they never explained why he was doing that research in the first place. Yeah. But again- Like, it didn't explain, is he doing? Is he trying to make a cure? Is he trying to understand how the zombies work? Nothing. He was just being a sick fuck. Yeah. So, what was the story? I, well, I don't think that there is- And then is- the soldiers, why were they going around trying to capture people? I don't get it. It didn't make sense. Fair enough. And you know what I'm like when it comes to things making sense. Yeah, but you need coherency in a story. Yeah. I don't think it's much to ask. I don't. I can watch a film and have the most open-ended and obscure ending and go, well, the reason they've done that is for le- to let you develop your own ending from that. Look, That's a but, talking but open point. open endings and coherency is two different things. Open endings are fine. I'm okay with I'm open endings. I'm specifically making a, a reference to the fact that I'm, I'm just pointing out in this movie that yeah, it's I know, the but, op- but open endings are fine. I'm okay with open endings because you're right. It does let you, it gives you the ability to sort of, to think for yourself where it goes from there mm. or where you think it could go. Yeah. Right. It opens conversation, opens discussion, yeah. basically opens what we do right now. Right. But. I'm hot. Me too. But not having any sort of, I know. I guess motivation or sort of, I guess, I guess I call it a mission statement as to why they do what they do. It's like, why, why are they even doing it? Yeah. But What's again, the point? The, how I see it is imagine we're in the shoes of Benny and what's the cunt's name? Barry. Barry. But Benny and Barry. Benny and Barry. Get more Aussie. Here, Mike. Benny and Barry. I'm not going to be questioning their motives. I'm not going to be going, the, the, Guys in the military gear. I'm not Barry questioned thinking. it as soon as he saw him. He didn't no, trust I him know. straight away. But, yeah, but what I'm saying is, you don't have, in that situation, you're not going to have time to dwell on that because you're dealing with the current situation. Is one, rescue your fucking sister. Yeah. Two, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. I'm not going to be stewing on, well, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder what their whole purpose is. I need to get away and then maybe I'll analyze that situation. That that's just how I'd perceive that for me. But even in the scene when they're kind of having that little bit of dialogue and the soldiers just fucking just basically telling them what they want to hear. Yeah. And Barry straight away can pick it in an instant. He just knows straight away. Yeah. Right? Now, that's I guess that's how I would sort of react to that sort of situation. In what sense? That if someone was saying, like, oh, I'm trying to find this person. Oh, yeah, we picked up someone by that name. Come with us. Uh, I've been taught from a small child not to trust strangers, and you're telling me that you've found someone that I know? Yeah, dicks. Why the fuck would I go with you? Yeah, okay. Know what I mean? No, that's fair enough. I get that. Like, especially in that sort of scenario, you'd be severely untrusting of anybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I get you. I get you. Um, But I just kind of think it leaves it up in the air for- you to not worry that that's kind of the main arc of the story. Like, it yeah. is what it is. And kind of Barry and Benny and Frank, that's your focus. That That's just my perception of it anyway. Yeah. You'd basically you'd build that small circle of people that you trust. Yeah. And that would be it. Literally. You'd be very cautious to trust any outsiders. Exactly right. Which is what happens most of the time in any sort of zombie situation. Yeah, literally. Like, mostly, mostly every zombie movie you come across- they're always very wary of others. How could you not be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But as a film overall- what what, did you, Actually, before we get to that point, what did yeah. you think of the ending? I, I like the ending. What did you like about it? Because for me, like I said before, I don't need the closure. Yeah. I don't. Obviously, I, think, I think in a way it did give us closure. 
to a degree. Like it left the story open-ended because you don't know where they were going next. But it gave us the closure of like, all right, Barry and Brooke are together. She's still alive yeah. and they're just going around kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. And again, exactly in the vein of Grindhouse. Right. That, that's primarily its purpose. Like it doesn't push for a perfectly articulated film. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. The action was there. You don't need to know the rest. It is what it is. Yeah. So it sort of leaves the ending as sort of like, okay, main protagonist, like, keep themselves alive and, and that's keep a going. Win. That's and a keep win. going to carry on the fight. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I like that. Yeah. It's different because I know, obviously, lots of zombie movies kind of have that closure. Yeah. Where they're like, either find like a military base Ooh, or a cure. They find a way off, off wherever they are to yeah. somewhere safe. Something like to that degree happens. 100%. It's not very often that you find a movie where they get completely overrun. No. no. Or that they're like, all right, we're still here. All right, let's just keep kicking ass and doing what we were doing before. Yeah. So, Which is it's cool to see. Yeah, exactly. And I like that as an Australian film, it had the balls to do that mm. and go, well, we don't need to finish it exactly to please audiences. This isn't to please an audience. This is kind of a raw take on zombie apocalypse in Australian setting. Yeah. And they left it at that. And it's like, you do whatever you want with the rest of it. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, There's something I want to touch on as well. Okay. And I think we can't not touch on it. The weapons. The weapons were sick. The weapons they used. I loved it. Sawn off, win. In any zombie apocalypse. The yeah. sawn off is amazing. For close range, yeah. 100%. But for maximum splatter. Yeah. But that's fun. You'd think sawn off shotgun, good high impact damage at close range, but only two rounds. And then you got to reload every time. True. But that's where having two people with you comes into play as well. Yeah. So the fact that, you know- the fact that Barry had the sawn off yeah, for a period of time. And full stole it off Benny. I know. After Benny blew Chalker's head off. <laughs> fucking Chalker. And didn't Benny say that he loved that sawed off? Yeah, he did. And, and then oh, okay, Barry the prick just nicked yeah, it. Yeah, just full took it like, this is mine now. Like, yeah. What a dog. Yeah, but he did get a better gun in my books. What, the rifle? Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's my take. Yeah. What else did they have? They had the harpoon. Yeah. That was- that was That's cool. amazing to have on any- Had a bunch of just generic pistols as yeah. well. I, I, I there was know, the cricket you, bat. Yeah, there was a cricket bat. Did you find that there was a little bit of a lack of melee weapons? Yeah, but- There you, wasn't many. You wouldn't want to get close. Well, fucking Barry did. He fucking picked up a rock and bashed, some, bashed the zombie's head in. But Barry was enraged by oh. anger after the killing of his wife and- That was a pretty daughter. heavy scene. It was. That was a very heavy scene. And Barry was the exact sort of emotion you'd expect yourself to be in that situation. Just yeah. numb, but anger and frustration. Especially like when um, Brooke asks what happened to his wife and his daughter. And he just gives a simple, they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like that. Fuck. And I must say, one of the scenes that I really was a big fan of. So I don't know if you've seen Dawn of the Dead in the shopping center with Ving Rhames. I don't think I have. Okay. Well, there's a scene where she's driving, she's escaped the house and her husband like bolted out to try and like get into her car Yeah, and she reverses and then starts driving off down the street. They've got like a GoPro on the front end of the car and yeah. as it's weaving through the traffic, but it's kind of an expansive view of the neighborhood Yeah, and there's just people burning and running and it's just bedlam, absolute bedlam. Yeah. I like the scene where they, Benny, uh, Benny, 
Um, <laughs> Barry escapes the house with his wife and kid. Bazza. And then they jump in the car and start going. Yeah. But the brutality of the zombies trying to get in and to get to him. Yeah, that was I cool. was like, oh, my God, that's an intense moment. Yeah. Like, you just... It's... How they filmed it is exactly how they want you to feel. And yeah. I was so into that scene. Yeah. That definitely. was... I think they did that really, really well. Or even the scene at night when they're just hiding in the Hilux. Yeah. Zombie after zombie trying to break into that car. No. Fuck. That was intense. Yeah. Um, but out of 10, out of 10, what would you give it? Um... As a film in general, yep. I'd probably give it a six. Yep. As an Aussie film, though, probably seven and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of sit around the vein of probably seven, eight. Okay. Just because one- In general, though? In general. Okay. Well, that's a pretty high score. It's a decent score because, mm. again, it's touched on something that Australia rarely ever does in yep. a film. To the fact that it chose to do Grindhouse of all fucking genres. Yeah. And three- that one, it wasn't overacted. Yeah. That's my big thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on It that. was just real. Yeah. And again, you know, potentially the responses may not be exactly what you would say in that situation. Yeah. But there was a realness to it and authentic acting. So yeah. props to them for that. Yeah. I'll pay that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, well, there we go. So if you haven't done it already, guys, go fucking check out Wormwood. It's a decent movie. It is. It's a great movie. And for anyone who's an international listener- you might not get majority of the references or like kind of the little side jokes that's more so Australian humour, but on the whole, it's still a fucking decent zombie flick. Yeah. Or even I, just if you're into Grindhouse, you probably enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, if you ideally don't mind either of those kind of sub-genres, please watch it because you will not be disappointed. And for those of you watching internationally, it's a, a good... Oh, listen. Listen internationally. <laughs> uh, it may be a really good kind of exposure to what Australian cinema could do. Yeah. Even without a budget. Yeah. Because I don't think it would have warranted much. No. 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 But yeah. There we go. There we go. Fucking A. So do you want to give us the plug? Oh yeah. Well, I'll, I'll do it again. If you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Castbox, and whatever podcast app you use. You can also follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a One, and Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue Podcast. Perfect. There we go. You want to plug your ass? Uh, so <laughs> if you want to follow myself individually, you can. Get to me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at the handle of Braddles2505. That's B-R-A-D-E-L-S-2505. And Tony? And you can follow me on Instagram at tboner80figs. That's T-B-O-N-E-R-8-0-F-I-G-S. F-I-G-S. And you can follow me on Snapchat at tboner18. There we go. There we go. Well, fuck. There done and dusted for another week. There we go. Another week done. And again, guys, if you're an active listener and you like the content, please feel free to comment on anything, whether it be SoundCloud or our Facebook page. doesn't matter what it is. Um, just shoot us if you'd like us to actually review something. Don't shoot us. Um, yep. Please ideally don't not. shoot us. Ideally not. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll definitely look into it and potentially do it. So um, Yeah, because as, look, as you guys probably guessed most of the time, once we do an episode, we've got no idea what we're doing the next week. Correct. So, um, yeah. So, any suggestions will definitely come in handy. Awesome. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, fucking until next time. Fucking duh! Duh! <laughs>